Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, everyone. I'm Scotty Conley, a.k.a. Scotty the Body, and this is the Border Podcast with Scotty the Body. For the last 20 years, I've had some type of role in the skateboarding industry, including my time as a sponsored skater, many years working at Skate Park in Tampa, and my current job at the Border. So, in the midst of this current pandemic, I decided to start this podcast so I can catch up with some old friends I've met along the way, and we can talk about the past and present with highlights in my beloved hometown of Tampa, Florida. So sit back and enjoy. All right, yes, back, Border Podcast, Scotty the Body here, and before I bring in today's guest, I just want to give a shout out to a former guest of the show and good friend, uh, my buddy Trey Jones. Um, I was sitting at home yesterday with my wife, we were binge watching The Sopranos, uh, because I, I've, I've never watched it during its original run, to be honest, and I'm uh, just now getting around to it. I know I'm a little late. Try not to hit me with spoilers. Right now I'm in season two uh, when those two stockbroker fuckers try to uh, whack Christopher Maltesante and they fail. Uh, I'm really enjoying the show, but that is not the purpose of this story. Um, so I was in between episodes of The Sopranos, went to go take the trash out check my mail and I had a mystery package, a box from one Trey Jones. Uh, we had a great conversation about collectibles. So I was super excited. I took it inside, opened it up, actually did like one of those cool uh, unboxing videos that were popular a year ago, did one of those. And uh, if you listen to that episode or if you didn't listen, go back and listen. Uh, you'll know that Trey Jones is a big Stone Cold Steve Austin fan, big uh, WW old school attitude era wwf fan i am as well and uh trey was kind enough to bless me with two old school stone cold steve austin vhs tapes and also included were some very rare obey stickers uh we talked about the obey stickers actually on the episode he told me he was going to hook it up and he did and also got some other bmx related stickers that were unique to him and his pro model stuff and uh, a couple other skate stickers that he had lying around so thank you for the gifts Trey, you're a boss. And also, I've been encouraging you guys to send DMs with questions about the show, about guests, if you have any further guests, if you felt like I left some stones unturned. And uh, I got one. So the, act the question actually was for Trey. So I messaged him immediately and asked him the question, do you ride mountain bikes or any other type of bike or is it strictly BMX? To which Trey replied, mountain bikes are the longboards of BMX. And so it's BMX only for that. And so there you have it. And also the same listener. So I'll go ahead and shout him out. What's up to stalker Steve, Steve Ayers. I can't wait to come to your wedding. 
But if you go way back down the episode list and you want to go check out the Haley Barchard episode, she actually asked me the origins of the term focusing your board. And I didn't really have the correct answer. And I don't remember what I said, but Steve was kind enough to link me to the Mike Dayer episode of the Chromeball incident, where he explains that it was his brother, George Dayer, that first put his foot through a board and coined the term focus as a reference to uh, something Bruce Lee said about mental focus power. So the moral of the story here is that the Border Podcast is stepping up their game and I now have a research team to help me find factoids to make this show better. So with all that being said, today's guest, you might recognize from his very impressive and lengthy professional skateboarding tenure, uh, spent just about his whole career riding for Think Skateboards. Uh, he was born in Chile, spent some time living in San Francisco, and is now firmly planted in the Miami skate scene, where he is one of the driving forces behind the uh, free skate organization that helps run the Lot 11 skate park. So let's put our hands together and give a warm Border Podcast welcome to Danny Fuenzalita. Danny, how are you doing today, sir? Good. Thank you for having me. Hell oh, yes, no, Scotty. No problem, man. Great to talk. So going back uh, to, to the intro, on a scale from 9 to 10, how much did you love The Sopranos? I actually never watched it very much. Okay, <laughs> so you probably got like some of the same uh, responses I did. Like when I told people like, because I'm, I'm, you know, somewhat of a, a television and pop culture uh, buff and you know, consider myself very knowledgeable on that. So that, that's always a surprise when I tell people I never watched The Sopranos. So I figured, you know, it's it's time, time to do it. And then, um, so, uh, but other mob movies, man, what other, uh, are you into like mob movies at all? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, like Goodfellas, um, of course. Uh, like all the, the classics. I mean, I can't lie. I've definitely watched a bunch of them. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm definitely uh, the Bronx Tale, or or Casino, as far okay. as, as far as those movies are concerned. Man, Casino is just fabulous, and uh, I actually, when I was in Vegas, I actually got to play the golf course that um that in the movie Casino they land the helicopter on while the dudes are, while the dudes are hanging in the backyard. Nice. Like I I got to play on that course that house is still there you, you can take your your picture in front of it it's pretty cool and um That's cool uh you know uh speaking of of mob movies you know if you ever happen to run into a, a box of sneakers that might have accidentally fallen off of a truck and uh you need to move them under the watchful eye of the feds or if you just need to buy that og pair of dead stock jordans that you haven't found anywhere you can find the exact sneaker you're looking for on ebay as the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. And with eBay's authenticity guarantee, a team of independent professional authenticators perform a rigorous inspection of the sneakers you purchase before they're even sent to you. So you can shop confidently knowing your pair is the real deal. And for the sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers over $100, making it free to sell or flip your collection. So with other sites taking as much as 25%, you're going to have a lot of money left for, duh, more sneakers. So check out ebay.com sneakers today. And in a special partnership with eBay, 
Armchair Media will be raffling off four custom-made sneakers. Each purchase you make before March 31st through ebay.com slash sneakers will enter you into a drawing for a one-of-one pair of Air Force One low tops. All you got to do is send a screenshot of your purchase to at Armchair Media on Twitter or Instagram. It's that easy. So remember, check out ebay.com slash sneakers today. And I know you guys will be flipping your shoes so you'll have all that extra money. And with that extra money you make off those sneakers, head on over to Bet Online because Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. I'm so sad. Football is over. But don't worry, the NBA, March Madness, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards shows, TV shows, and reality television. We had the Golden Globes last night. And I came up on a parlay because I took Shit's Creek, The Queen's Gambit, and the Borat movie all in a parlay, cashed it out. Boom. They also have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. So Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive 50% Welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online is your online sportsbook. Experts, 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 experts. Okay, we've now paid for the show. Fantastic. Back to Danny Fuenzalita, the man of the hour. Um, you're originally from the South American country of Chile, correct? Yes, I'm a Australian-born Chilean by two Chilean parents. So. Oh, wow, okay. Did not know born. that you were uh, born in Australia. That's pretty cool. Born in Australia, moved to Canada until ten, and then moved to Chile at ten till eighteen. Holy shit! Okay, so uh, had you found skateboarding before uh, you moved to Chile or Chile, or is that no? When you I started. Started? I started at skating in Chile. So twelve years old, I started skating. Okay, and, and uh, what? Give me an idea of like kind of the town you grew up in in, in Chile. Uh, I grew up in the capital, Santiago, so it's big city. It's oh, now, okay. I think, 11 million people. Um, it's really big city. It's kind of okay. like L.A., I would say, of Chile. Uh, it's got a bunch of uh, neighborhoods, so there's like, I, I wouldn't even know how many neighborhoods, probably 11. It's just, it's huge. It takes you a while to drive around, about an hour and a half, two hours to get from one end to the other. And um, uh it's like kind of hilly, right? Like it's it's like pretty mountainous region. Uh, yeah, it's about an hour from the coast, so it's like stuck in the in the the beginning of the Andes mountain range. So it's okay. it's huge, uh, hilly around. So like it's in a valley. It's right beside the snowboard hills, about forty five minutes, fifty minutes from snowboarding, and uh, and yeah, you can like see huge mountain ranges around you. There's usually snow on the tips, especially in winter. And, uh, and there's big bom hill bombs. Like, Yeah, I was just about to say, I remember uh, maybe one time in an interview, you were kind of comparing it to maybe San Francisco. Yeah, uh, we call the beach city Valparaiso, Little San Francisco. That's its nickname. Um, and uh, But yeah, we, we have hills everywhere. So I wasn't a stranger to chucking down some hills when I moved to San Francisco from there. And uh, so was there like already a local scene there? Like, how did you like, how did you find skateboarding? 
Um, actually, it was pretty small. It was probably like 30 to 50 skaters when I started in 1993 at the end. Um, I found skating through my buddy, uh, a Canadian friend that had we he his dad worked for the same company that my dad did it was a mining company called bhp and so we moved to chile because the mine was kind of depleting in in vancouver island port hardy and uh so he moved he he would come down from canada and on vacation and hang out with me in santiago and then i would go up to where he lived the city where the mine was in antofagasta and uh one vacation he came down and he just had a skateboard and i was like I went out and watched him skate and he like front when he did off a little curb cut and I was just tripping. Cause I had already started skiing before that. And, uh, I remember just being like, yo, how did you get the board off the ground? Like the, it was just like magical. Like I was just, I just grabbed the board and I was like, where's the bindings? Where's the glue? Like what's going on? You know, like how the, how the, the fuck did you do that shit? And I just like, I think I was addicted from that very moment. I was like just intrigued by the, the magic of bringing a skateboard off the ground, you know? Yeah. That first, uh, that first mind blow moment where you see it and it's just like, wow. Okay. That's what, that's what I need to do. Yeah. And I loved the individuality of it. Cause I was, I was really a sports guy and, and I think I just didn't really like the idea of, of um, having to go train and have some coaches like telling you what to do and, always having to play with someone else like tennis it was kind of really sad to play against the wall in practice you know yeah and, and I, I, I i grew up in actually like the junior like competitive tennis world and man it's like it's like physically very physically demanding but it is just mentally it is such a mental mentally draining sport just because you're out there by yourself man like yeah. your coach can't talk to you like it's not like uh other sports where you got your coach on the sideline like kind of helping you get through it or like golf where you have the caddy kind of guiding you through like you're out there by yourself and your coach is not even allowed to like make hand gestures towards you without getting in trouble and, and you're just out there by yourself and I, I completely get what you're saying and but skateboarding is like super individual but you also do it as a crew so like it's an individual sport but you're kind of doing it as a team but like the team doesn't matter and yeah I, I get it for sure. Yeah, I had like cool camaraderie compared to, I don't know, like in tennis, it's always, I think, I think the competition factor is what drew me away from sports, from the other sports is yeah. more like, you know, every, every practice at tennis, you'd have to win a, a match, you know, or whatever. And then if you were always winning, it was kind of like, all right, well, I need someone that's more challenging to play me. It's kind of hard to find sometimes. And then just, skating is had none of that at all is you know like or soccer where you have to get a ball in a net or basketball you know it's like that's the ultimate goal doesn't matter what you do if you can get the ball in the net that's the that's the achievement skating is just such a wide variety of 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 anything and and i think that's i had if i have the physics brain i didn't know it by then but uh or at that moment and i think that really tuned in to that Cause I was like, wow, skating has like ultimate possibilities, huge yeah, amounts sure. of permutation and combinations. And I was just like, wow, I, I love this, you know? Yeah. And also I don't think other sports don't have like a, uh, something that's comparable to just cruising to the store. You know what I mean? Like, like you can just like get on your board and just cruise down to the store just to get a beer or like, cruise wherever like like other sports don't have that you're like all right i'm going to play tennis i gotta you know 
get yeah, all you're not gear together. <laughs> I gotta have yeah. all this shit lined up. I gotta like you can't just like yeah, you're not gonna your dribble a basketball down the street. <laughs> yeah, you can't just be walking down your you can't just walk out of your front door and, and be and start playing tennis. Like hey man, that's no, a that's a good Nike commercial right there. You'd be like, what's the difference between skateboarding and all the other guys? And then they were like, Well, they could they could juggle the football while walking to the store but it's a lot more fun to cruise and skate and do tricks yep and uh so you said that you weren't super into like the competition aspect of other sports but actually the first time i ever remember seeing you and probably the first time like the skateboarding world saw you uh was at tampa am um i'm trying to pin down a year i was i think it was like maybe 97 to like maybe 99 range it was a while back. Yeah, I believe I was 14 or 15. So you had a mullet. Yeah, a little Chilean mullet. Yep. Yeah, my and, friend, uh, my friend bet me I wouldn't cut my hair into a Chilean mullet because I was so worried about what people would think of me. And I was like, man, screw you. Cut that shit right now. <laughs> and so he like gave me the worst haircut you could think of. And, uh, and I, I rocked it. I was like, yeah, whatever, dude. I don't care. Well, it's, <laughs> it was good to know that uh, that that wasn't was. Uh, the a bet and you weren't like seriously rocking that mullet no definitely <laughs> <laughs> definitely not seriously rocking a chilean mullet no <laughs> like i remember skating the mini ramp out back with you and then like going in and like seeing you run and of course like uh the the, the finger flip uh just bump like acid drop from the top of the bank to wall to start your run um, that wasn't that's another mistake i was at the wrong side of the course and they called I, my name and i was like oh shit like what am i I'm standing on the vert wall. And so I just like finger flip my board and jumped in to get to the other side of the course. <laughs> and, and dude, that's the trick. That's the trick that made it into four on one for you. I know. And like all my friends would make fun of me back home. They'd be like, dude, what's up with that trick, dude? And I would be like, yo, I mean, it's, it was whack that they used only that, but Hey, I'm in four on one, dude. You're not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, did, did you, I don't remember. Did you blow your run after that? Was that the only thing you landed or like, no, I did all right. Highlight? No, honestly, I did all right. I think I uh, kick flipped the pyramid and backside flipped the pyramid. I I was super young, so I was only two years into skating. So those were my first backside one eighty kick flips over tabletops. Oh wow! And like I I had like landed them somehow. So back when I was younger, I remember like contests would make me focus super hard and and actually skate all right. All right, so. Uh... Do you have any other like cool memories or anything like that from uh, that trip to Tampa or other trips to Tampa, like memories from the skate park growing Holy up? Cow. I have mean, infinite amount of like memories. Um, I remember my first memory of Tampa. I had taken the, we, I have a friend that lives in Boca here on this side of Florida and uh, okay. we'd take the Greyhound over there. And uh, I remember like getting out of the Greyhound and being like, Whoa, Tampa's sketchy. And then just like, I, instead of like getting a taxi we were like oh it's not that far you know it's only like a couple miles so i pushed over to the spot to spot and okay. um pushing there was really gnarly and um, like it was like seven in the morning eight in the morning and uh, when i say gnarly i mean sketchy and like oh yeah, a, yeah at the time i know the route <laughs> you take like from the greyhound station to get to the skate park and yeah just for going sure, up. You, were go you were definitely going through the hood yeah, uh, and it's like some lady blew, uh, broke a bottle over some dude's head at like eight in the morning. Oh, wow. And I was just like, yo, what am I getting into? So when then the first hotel we went to, we were just like, 
like this is so sketchy we're like we're at the wrong place dude and we like we like got robbed right away i think we were like trying to get some tree or something the guy just like took our money and bailed and oh, like yeah that, that, that sounds about right <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i think we went to like quinta right after or the econo lodge and then yeah. it was all good that's where all the skaters okay. were at so. okay so you br- so you just brought up uh getting robbed trying to get some tree first time in tampa and one thing i learned from working the counter at skate park in tampa through all those years is the ingenuity of skateboarders when it comes to uh smoking devices and or like hiding weed for travel um oh my god yeah uh, like brian anderson was the first person i saw smoke out of an apple and uh you were the first person i saw show up to the skate shop and take your trucks off your board because you had nuggets <laughs> hidden in between the board and the truck in that little gap in the, underneath the venture truck by the kingpin yeah yes yep. that was like my uh my last and final uh straw of smart places to hide tree for traveling because i used to do like all kinds of crazy stupid stuff but uh at the end that was that was the last one the the, the funniest dude that was actually really smart because like they're not gonna like they don't have the tools to take apart your board right there usually at security to fucking check yeah like to be honest like i've run this one before a sticker over like little baggy put it on the deck put a sticker over it and there's just like a little lump on your board and uh oh wow that's completely hit it by a sticker like if you look at it you're like oh my god this is messed up like but once again like check it in and it, it went through a couple times it worked never never yeah. had an issue and yeah that's ballsy that one was sketchy yeah. i admit that one was pretty sketchy yeah um, i stopped doing that shit when i heard that in brazil they take your board apart sometimes and i was like oh okay I'm, I'm oh, okay good. and I, yeah. i've seen people do it actually like under the grip tape like they just pull, fully put the grip tape on the board with with uh you know wow hide it but you know this isn't a, a uh podcast about smuggling uh no no i I actually quit a while ago so and and that was going to be the next thing i broke uh broke into last time we spoke i remember uh you said you had gone completely clean like yeah i don't think you've drank for a while but you were not you also uh no smoking maybe even possibly no coffee yeah quit coffee about two and a half years ago Um, which, which seems like sacrilege living on south beach I know here you can get like a great coffee for a dollar fifty at any gas station. Yeah, that is true. And uh, and I quit drinking when I moved to the states because in Chile I was kind of a, a little bad get kid with alcohol. Oh, okay, so it's been a while. So you've pretty much like that's pr- like fifteen years, like no 15, 20 years, like no alcohol then, huh? Twenty. I mean, I do drink from time to time. I kind of I used to be really strict about it, and then okay. I started slowing down on being so strict. Like, where I'll I'll have a drink or two just to say cheers, to the boy. But I just don't get drunk, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're in, you're in your 40s, man. Enjoy a nice glass of wine in there. Last year of 30s, actually. I'm still in 30s. You're still in your 30s. Oh, yeah. I uh, I got paper coming right around the corner in like a month. Damn. Yes. But uh, um, going back to that first Tampa Am, um, did you go back to Chile after that? Or was that like your trip to America and you've been here? Um, I, uh, I, I had been, no, 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 my first, that was like just vacation. Uh, actually, because we moved a lot through my dad's company, they had offered us like a free flight home. 
So from Canada to Australia, a free flight home and vacation money. And then when we moved to Chile, it's another free flight. So our, our, our family had like this benefit of vacations paid for, you know? Oh, that's always good. And my, yeah, my parents, my parents weren't doing so good as a couple. So we, I just started realizing we weren't doing family vacations. And that's when I was like, hey, uh, do you guys mind if I take those family vacations? My dad looked at me like, wait, what do you want to do? You want to travel? And I was like, yeah, I want to go to like Argentina. I want to go to like America every like whenever I can, you know? And, and he was like, yeah, dude, they'll, they'll pay for the flight, the hotel, the taxis, the food. Oh, just wow. keep your receipts, you know? And, and I was like, all right, bet. So I just like started kind of, I guess you could say managing my own little skate travels, you know? Yeah. So after Tampa, I actually went to San Francisco and my friends bailed out on me, which was crazy to think that first trip I was like 14 and, uh, and they just like, we're like, Hey, I don't have enough money to go to SF and we don't have the flight. So we're not going to go. And I was like, dude, I already have my flight. I'm like, what are you guys? What? And then luckily after that contest, I think I got 20th and, uh, Mickey Reyes came up to me and handed me his business card and was like, Hey, I heard you coming to San Francisco. Hit me up when you get there. Oh, sweet. yeah. I was like, all right, well, dude, I'm going to go anyway. You know, screw it. I have, have a friend out there. And when I got there, yeah, I just, I just called Mickey and he picked me up from the airport, took me to his hotel above a like ghetto bar in, in Valencia and 13th. And I was like, all right, whatever. I stayed there for a week with him. And, uh, that was pretty fun. And, uh, he, we didn't skate that much. So he dropped me off at like Danny Gonzalez and Andrew Schultz's house. Okay. And he was like, these guys skate a lot more. And just that was my first uh, kind of San Francisco with the skateboard squad experience. It was it was pretty cool. I got to watch Danny Gonzalez kick foot melon Wallenberg first try. That was amazing. OK, so uh, um, I think was this around was uh, Danny Gonzalez maybe living with uh, Corey Hainline at the time? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I believe it was Doug and Andrew. It might have there might have been another roommate that I don't remember. Uh, my, my boy, Corey Hainline. I Danny Gonzalez for a little and I think John Newport was staying with him for a little bit as well I just okay. remember one time I went out there I went and hung out at their house and uh it was kind of like right around maybe a little bit after the time uh Danny Gonzalez did the kickflip melon on Wallenberg and okay. uh, like I didn't meet Danny there or anything but they were like yeah like that's my roommate like he did that shit first try like yeah yeah we smoked a joint and all of a sudden we turn around and he's bombing the fucking hill yeah, it was crazy, actually. And he, right, he, rolled, so, uh, he rolled in bombing. That's that's the craziest part. And I, I just want to make sure I say, like, any trick done on Wallenberg before, the like, without a roll-in is gnarlier than anything. I don't care what trick you did with the roll-in. Like, yeah. Tony Manfrey bombing that hill switch at night to, like, switch Ollie and switch 180 is two of the gnarliest things there and it's just a switch ollie and a switch 180 but no without a doubt dude like jesse Pias front 180 diego Bucheri back 180 like all yeah. that stuff crazy Ger- gerwer's kick flip yeah um yeah like and not to take away from like what's been done some gnarly shit has been done with a rolling but yeah just like the footage and just like the feel of knowing that like you skated it naturally as a street spot We'll always have, you know, a tear up on all the other tricks that are done. Yeah, without a doubt. No, but yeah, the, the nowadays it's what's been possible with the roll-in. It's 
it's insane. Switch back heel, switch hard flip. Not only that. Yeah. Switch, oh heel. yeah, yeah, and definitely not trying yeah. to stop those dudes because you know it's. Yeah, they couldn't possible. have done that pushing it's in. Not, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, now it's not possible to bomb the hill and skate it like that anymore. So you no, have to yeah. And so it is what it is. Diego but, actually pushed at it. Diego. Diego Bucheri. He he yes. he threw down and pushed at it back. And I believe that footage is in a video that I was actually uh, just about to talk about because I was going to ask for you uh, what came in first. Were you live? Did you move to San Francisco? Because you were already riding for Think, or did you? Uh... No, I I came to the America as a student. Okay. So, but the weird story is, I was staying with Diego Bucheri and my friend Gia. We had visited to look for universities and colleges, and uh, and I had found my university. But I was skating with the Think team with Diego. Okay. And uh, and they heard that I was moving to the states, and they were like, "Hey, uh." when you move to the States, would you want to ride for think? And I was like, well, I already signed up for my school and I'm, I'm going to just get a flight in two months and I'll be here. They're like, all right, well, when you, when you come here, we want to put you on the team. So I, I guess you could say I moved here knowing I would be on. Okay. But it was, it was cool. I came as a student. I came here to study. And so uh, like, what was the, uh, the, the team like when you got on, was Phil Shao still alive? No, he had actually, it was kind of crazy. He had passed like two weeks before I came on that vacation. Oh man. Cause uh, yeah, I really so. enjoyed uh, that dedication, the think dedication video. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, an epic Bill video. Obviously had that party was skating to either like Beethoven or Mozart. It was just like, maybe the first time I saw skateboarding, like edited to like classical music, which was pretty cool. And then uh, Pat Duffy, Dandra Hobel, Jesse Paez, yeah, they had a, Ox, a good squad. Uh, Tim McKinney, and yep. um, like, I, like that was like a really good video. So you, so you're saying you got on like pretty much right after that. Yep. And then, um, so who, so what was the team? Was it like uh, that dude? Maybe Jerry Smythe was on. Possibly. No, 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 no. You, you literally said it. That was everyone. Oh, okay. Um, so Stefan Janowski, Corey Duffel were like the last the last two that left right right after i got on oh okay yeah 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 that was like my first tampa am experiences i was with like stefan and uh cory and a couple and i think sean Payne as well sean Payne, that dude killed it oh yeah he was like one of the best skaters ever he should have been in that uh underrated skater of all time tournament bracket that that you won <laughs> yeah he probably would have beat me <laughs> but uh that's but um so also living in sf i think it was uh required to either ride for uh for a time it was either required to either ride for spitfire or satori and uh you ended up on satori cool because they're actually kind of having like a, a resurgence right now um, they are. Yep. How, how's that going it's cool. They hit me up and they were like, you want to ride for Satori again? We're starting back up. And I was like, um, yeah, sure. I mean, I told them, I was like, I don't smoke anymore. So don't affiliate me with Ganja and I'm, I'm all cool with it, you know? Yeah. And I, and, and I also said that I only ride 103A, so like the really hard wheels. So I was just like, I, I basically don't want to model until you make the hard wheels. So they're starting to make top shelf wheels now. And that's a... Uh, that's gonna well, start uh, back up dude it's cool seeing some of the uh original dudes from the first big waves of satori 
that are like still going strong. We got like I saw like Brian Della Torre, Neen Williams, uh, you, Mr. Danny. Mr. Danny. Um, what, who, uh, who else do they have back from the original squad? And like, maybe some, who are maybe some dudes that are kind of like new to the squad? Um, well, Carl Watson is helping out with that. Nice. That's pretty, that's pretty dope. And, um, and as far as like the rest of the squad, uh, I think named most of the guys I would think of, you know, Matt Pales, Jake Rupp, those, those kinds of dudes. Um, Aaron Susky. Nice. Yeah. What, uh, have you seen or heard or talked to Jake Rupp at all in the last like 10 years? I, yeah, I talked to him over Instagram. How's yeah. he doing? Sour beer tea. He's good. He's, he's a good dude, man. He's always super nice on there. Oh, yeah, dude. Uh, whenever you would see Jake Rupp out, he knew. And uh, like, I spent maybe a week with him at Woodward one time. And it was just awesome to see him skate in, in person. Yeah, no, he was one of the, the coolest dudes and definitely like had a good take on skating skate spots, different look, good yeah. pop. I was always I was find such some, a like, big fan of his static part and then everything he did after that, like oh yeah. Nolly one eighties, like a champ popping super high, front yeah. board transfers on barriers. I remember tripping out on him, how good he was. And uh how much he smoked too, I would trip out on that. I was <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so um, how, how long uh, did you hold it down in San Francisco before uh, the, the relocation to Miami? Um, well, it was, it was weird. I was probably like two and a half years in SF, and then I moved to San Jose for like three and a half, four years, and then I moved <laughs> back to SF for like another two and a half, three years. So I was like probably a total of five, six years in San Francisco, and then San Jose. So Bay Area, almost 10 years. All right. And then I'm in Miami for like 11 years now. Yeah. So what brought that on? Uh, I fell in love with this girl from Miami and uh, she uh, moved to San Francisco with me for a little bit, but her mom was dying of cancer. Oh, and so she was like have, going through a rough time trying to relocate and trying to like find new friends and get a job. And I could just tell she was depressed. And I was yeah. like, let's just go back. And I, and I was like, I'm a skater. I can be wherever I can just travel a lot. It's fine. Yeah. And so we came to be with her, her mom in her last years. Okay. And Miami's not a, a bad place to put an anchor down anyway. No, it was fresh. It's uh it just felt different. It brought me back to my Latino heritage where I was like, this is kind of cool, you know, I get to speak Spanish everywhere. And and uh and I I mean I like skating here. The skate spots are amazing, street skating is amazing. So I just like after a while, um I mean honestly being far away from the scene made it a little tougher to stay in the limelight i guess you'd say yeah because there was like only a, like one or two photographers here really one ian o'connor and then filmers far and few in between like joe perrin was here but i don't mean you know they have they have their crew i would go skate with them from time to time but i feel like it it was more like i would just give them footage for the video and they would put it out you know yeah, um yeah. but yeah because you would always have stuff in uh anything any of the joe parent projects or any anything coming out of miami you were always a part of yeah i feel like that was more because of like dango and like like yeah, a couple yeah. of the homies that were super cool you know and they would ask me they'd be like can you you want to be in my video you know and and it's not not because i filmed too much with joe it's more just like the camaraderie of skateboarding you know yeah yeah 
and then that was really cool and so i would always just give him clips um but uh but yeah like i said it was just kind of like i i started making less money on on my companies and i felt like i was like missing opportunities but at the same time i did feel like miami had so much to to give i i had a lot to give miami and in that sense and that's where i just felt like i had taken from skateboarding so much that's when i started skate free org um and that's that was like i was like well you know what's the point of of doing stuff and asking for stuff in return when all i'm doing is skateboard tricks and i was like i might as well give back to the community that gave me so much so i started that organization and we built lot 11 i think it was nine years after i started it there's a lot of groundwork to be laid out i got two partners two partners that are amazing without their help it wouldn't be a private skate park to start or it wouldn't have happened because they they're always helping me richie f's and nick Katz. um yep and uh so shout out to those guys get down to that we're gonna we're gonna tie all that in together but um i wanted to ask uh how many days in a row did you learn a new trick a day well uh a new trick a day actually started when i started skating uh i started skating and i would do a new trick a day until i was about 23 so it was basically 11 years of a new trick a day you could do the math yeah um and then i couldn't do it anymore because i would start getting like sore from skating for because being on think and they were turning me pro they turned me pro i think at 21 i had two years of being pro and i just started like feeling obliged to do the big stuff you know yeah 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 stepping into the big boy shoes and and that that really slowed me learning down a lot because it was like i'm sore as fuck i can't skate for five days you know four days there there were obviously like you know trends in skateboarding and what tricks are like cool and what tricks are gonna the coverage in the mag and there there was you know a brief moment in time where uh you know 15 stairs are up and that, that's really all anybody wanted to look at right yeah so i would be on a trip and you know the photographer like dan z or something would be looking at a spot and be like yo so Danny, like, what are you going to do down this? Can you crooked grind it? And I would be like, I don't really feel like it. Can someone else do it? And they're like, you know, no one else is going to do it. So we either leave or you do it. And I would just be like, oh, fuck. And I have to jump down it. And uh, so that that really took a toll. And then so I stopped doing a new one a day at 23. And then I started it back up because I was teaching um, Zion F's to skate Richie's son, my yeah. partner, who I made my partner because of teaching Zion. And I thought, it'd be a good experience for Zion to watch that, you know, his dad becomes a part of like a skate community and helping out and helping put like giving back, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and he, he was learning with me and I just wanted to show him, I think I, I can't remember what age, I think I was 33 or something or 30. You no, know, it was like three years ago. So I wasn't that young. I was like 35, 36. And I was like, yeah, I want to, I want to show this little guy. I can learn tricks too. And like all the time you know and so i started that hashtag a new one a day and instagram and and tried to learn a new trick every day it was 11 months and then i was in chile at a farm and i was just like yeah i don't want to try to learn a trick on flat ground right now (laughs) all right so uh during that 11 months uh were there ever 
some struggles where you just couldn't think of a new trick or maybe you were kind of out skating casually and it got to maybe like 11 p.m. And yes, like, holy shit, I forgot to learn a trick today. Like, yes, yes. So I started realizing, like, if I could have a good day, I would try to learn three tricks and then I would roll them over into the next three days. Oh, uh, it's a little backlog sure. cheating. All right. I got gotcha. you. Well, it was, you know, I did. I learned. <laughs> That's, I don't think that's cheating. I think it's no, like I, I would learn three tricks in one day, and then it was, I'm just it, busting your I would push them, push them over in the next two days. But uh, but yeah, no, um, for sure. And I had help. People would were super cool. People at the skate park would be like, "Danny, why don't you try this one?" You know, I saw you do this one yesterday, and I'll be like, "Oh, oh that's, okay. a, great, so that's like, a great uh, idea." Crowdsourcing ideas on Instagram for for new um, tricks. Even in at the skate park with the homies, the homies would always just help me you know they'd be like dude why don't you try you know switch 5-0 shove it i see you do it regular all the time and i was just like oh shit all right cool i'll try that nice yeah and it, the, all that always helped you know and just positive encouragement everyone was super nice about it and they're always like dude damn how are you still learning a new trick a day like so like that would kind of push me too yeah so uh living and skating in south beach um you know, obviously, we know South Beach is famous people, beautiful people, rich people. And uh, you have built a pretty impressive client list as Coach Danny Fuenzalita. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'd say Zion I'm, with the, I, that. I'm, uh, you know, on top of that in, one. In my spare time, I'm a skate coach as well. Uh, nice. I've done Sweet. lessons. Um, I personally feel responsible for the professional emergence of one Jake Alardi. Um, wow. You coached him. We, well, I mean, we, we filmed a skit that we released when uh, we welcomed him to the, the team at the border where I was, I played the role of coach Conley where I was at the skate park looking for fresh young talent. And I find Jake and oh, help him, uh, change out of his like nerdy gear into some cooler clothes tell him not to do a Benny Hanna and tell him like the cooler tricks to do. And so like, it's like a little fun little skit we did. And, uh, okay. but yeah, I mean, I, I, I teach, le I've, I've taught lessons to some kids around town. Um, my, my latest two disciples were the children of my bosses, Ryan Clements and Rob Marinick. So that was like really fun to uh, teach them how to skate because nobody likes to listen to their parents, I guess. So, um, it was cool to for them to learn skateboarding from somebody that was not their parents, which is what Ryan and Rob wanted. So now That's they're cool. killing it. We got Alvis uh, skating in contests now, and uh, it's all thanks to me. I did. <laughs> Good man. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, you you got actually uh, maybe taught Little Wayne for a little bit, right? Actually, no. Uh, I was uh, friends with the, for a little bit. Yeah, I was friends with the trainer. Okay. And, uh, and R.I.P. Adam Ziegler. He uh, he would just bring me on on missions, and he'd just okay. be like, Let, "Like, let's go skate with Wayne." And Wayne was super cool, and and you know how Wayne is. He'd be like, "Oh, we're gonna start Young Money. We're gonna do the skate team." And I was just like, "All right, whatever." Like, and I'll just skate and go hang out with them. They were cool. Yeah, yeah, they're super nice. Uh, we've been dealing with those guys. I'm a uh took uh the young money skate team on a road trip a couple like six months ago we went on a trip and uh we're, we're they actually haven't they have an official team uh yeah it's like the the crew of like four or five guys that that wayne like uh 
likes and it's uh i didn't actually did an episode of the podcast with them when they were in town when we were skating in tampa and miami and stuff yeah Uh, you throw back to that the young money skate team episode if you want out there in listening land yeah Um, it's your first episode right uh it was pretty early on it was pretty early on true and then um also i hear that you possibly either taught pharrell or maybe his kids um that is no that's undisclosed i gotcha. signed a non not true not true fake news not fake news yeah okay and if it is i can't i can't say it if it is true you've you said enough man so and of course pretty sure we can talk about this but you have had a huge hand in raising and uh the educate skate education of the young prodigy Zion S. Yes. That, he, he, he was three, almost four, rolled into Grand Central Skate Park. This little park that we built by hand is like a DIY thing. And, uh, and yeah, his, that's where I met his dad and him. That's, he's actually the reason I started teaching skating. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, because before say, that. Sorry, oh, go, ahead. go ahead. No, you got it. Yeah, before that, I I did not think it was cool to teach skating, and I thought skating was all about not teaching anyone and doing it on your own. That's and, just uh, how we grew up. Yeah, exactly. I, I thought it was more of like your friends give you a pointer here and there, and that's it. You should learn from videos and learn it on your own, you know? Yeah. I I, I actually was curious because um I have a nephew that's getting into skating, and I actually went to a skate shop and was like, do you guys have like a trick tips DVD? And, uh, dude, they looked at me like I was from another planet. Uh, <laughs> they're like, oh, yeah, we, uh, we have, like, two DVDs in stock. Like, that's not a thing anymore. And I was like, wait, I can't get Tony Hawk's trick tips? Like, come, what? <laughs> so they're like, YouTube that shit, man. He's got a master class, bro. <laughs> see, I don't even know what that is. Uh, master class is, like, this thing where it teaches you everything that – you could want to learn in life and uh tony hawk has like lessons on how to skateboard on it well anyway i just wanted to add like it's so awesome to see uh the the progression of zion and oh yeah that he's like getting noticed out there um yeah no i have a huge hand in that uh just the first three years of his skate life i'd basically take him skating with me and his dad was like yo like I don't really want to try to keep affording like your hourlies because we do. I want to learn so much. So he actually gave me a full time job teaching his son. That's so salary, salary skate coach. Well, I just didn't even think of it after that as coaching. It was more like I'd bring him skating with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was it was cool. And so we would do like I don't know four or five days a week. And I would literally take him skating. And I remember meeting like the Grizzly guys, for instance, at White Blocks. And Tori seeing Zion, like, learn how to 50-50 the ledge and take 45 minutes slamming a lot. And uh, and that's how he got his first sponsor. And they just started Grizzly Cubs because of him, you know? Oh, wow. And then same spot, ironically, white spot, met the Etnies guys there. Zion was there, and he kicked the flat gap. And that was pretty amazing. And, uh, and same deal, they started flowing him. So those are his first two sponsors, and it was just because – I was meeting those guys to show them around and, uh, and Zion came and hung out with us at one of the spots, you know? All right. Well, uh, I'd definitely be willing 
to place a huge bet on the fact that Zion will be pro at some point. And uh, yeah, like I said, um, Zion is ripping and I'd definitely be willing to bet that he will be pro at some point in his life. Uh, Danny already mentioned he is already skating at a pro level and uh, you know, we're betting on Zion. And speaking of betting, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over. It's breaking my heart, but the NBA March madness and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. I'm betting on who ends up in the end together on the new season of Temptation Island, and I can't wait. I also had a Golden Globes parlay that hit when I bet on Shit's Creek, The Queen's Gambit, and the Borat movie cashed out. And yes, there is real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Yes, Bet Online is your online sportsbook experts. And after you hit all those bets, you're going to have a whole bunch of money. And what you should do is you should take it over to ebay.com slash sneakers that's right as the original sneaker marketplace ebay is the place to go to cop the pair you've always been searching for and with ebay's authenticity guarantee a team of independent professional authenticators perform a rigorous inspection of the sneakers you purchase before they're even sent to you so you can shop confidently knowing your pair is the real deal and for the sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers of over $100, making it free to sell or flip your collection. So with other sites taking as much as 25% of your money, you're going to have so much extra money left for more sneakers and more gambling. So check out ebay.com sneakers today. And in a partnership with eBay, special partnership with eBay, Yes, Armchair Media will be raffling off four custom-made sneakers. And each purchase you make before March 31st through ebay.com slash sneakers will enter you into a drawing for a one-of-one pair of Air Force One low tops. All you got to do is send a screenshot of your purchase to at Armchair Media on either Twitter or Instagram. So remember, check out ebay.com slash sneakers today. And now, let's take a short pause for some words from our good friends at Just Live CBD. All right, and we're back. Back to Danny. Mr. Fuenzalita, uh, how did you feel and, uh, like, how did you find out about this um, most underrated skater tournament bracket that came out a couple of years ago? Uh, I want to talk about that just for a second because it like kind of blew up in, in all over. Like uh, I watched the slap message boards a lot. So it was like heavily debated on slap message boards. Um, yeah, that's cool. And honestly, like, I, I guess I'm a fan of underrated skaters. Cause uh, a lot of those dudes, I, I didn't feel like were underrated at all. I thought they were just fucking awesome people. Um, right. Yeah. Me too. Uh, going down like some of the skaters, it was like Matt beach, Justin Strubing, Cairo Foster, like Bobby Warrist was on there, Chad Tim Tim. 
Yeah, um, like Cairo, for instance, wrote for big companies. I don't know why he would be on there. I didn't see yeah. him as underrated at all. Yeah, I think he's rated exactly how he is. He was a yeah. beast. fucking great skater. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, but what was more impressive than the 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 names listed was you crushed like it, it wasn't even really close like it was head-to-head brackets and people would vote online for who was more under underrated out of the two skaters so your closest competition was your first round bracket against ollie todd who once again amazing skater um and you won that round with 55% of the votes. Oh, my God. That was too close. Jesus. So you barely squeaked by Ali Todd. But then you beat Chad Tim Tim with 73% of the votes. You beat Bobby oh. Warrist with 66% of the votes. Then you beat Matt Beach with 68% of the votes. Wow. And then in the finals, the finals of the most underrated skater tournament voted on bracket. 71% of the votes in the finals had you over Javier Sarmiento. Who That's insane. Is, who's like one of my favorite. In, in my opinion, he's w- one of like the all-time greats. Like that dude oh, was yeah. amazing. Yeah, and he wrote um, for Powell. I feel like that's why maybe he was underrated a bit at the end yeah, there. He definitely got stuck. Like he, he wrote for the firm after that, right? Yeah. Wait, did he? I thought it was. He wrote for firm. I thought it was just Powell at the end. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But um, I know now he's riding for Skate Mafia, and yeah, he, he put out a part maybe a year, like less than a year ago, and it was amazing. And yeah. I remember, like, that dude came it to the pro a couple times, destroyed it. And just, like, I just remember, like, uh, he had either a Wheels of Fortune or a Rookie or a Profile in one of the first 411s I ever had. So, you know, if you guys know, if you had a 411, you watched it 200 times before the next one came out. Right. So, yeah, yeah. So uh, Javier was fucking amazing. Shout out to that dude. Yeah, I think Best of Seven was one of my favorites with TX and Javier. There was two dudes skated so well. I met him when I was in Brazil in like 99, and I just remember getting my mind blown away at this one ledge where he landed like almost every trick first try. And yeah. It just fucking screwed my brain up. I think he did like nosebone side nollie flip, like chilling perfectly before they started filming. And then when they started filming, he didn't land it as perfect. But it's just yeah. one of those things, dude. Yeah, and you mentioned Rodrigo TX. That's another dude that was just fucking amazing. Came out of nowhere. That's where. That's actually when he got discovered on that trip. I was in Brazil, and uh, Joe Brook and Anthony Clairval started filming him. He was like seventeen. He was just ripping. Yeah. You know, a few of those tricks came out in Minic Mati. Okay, and then um, back to like the the theme of uh, like South America and stuff like that. Um, now you were actually uh, very involved with the uh, Chilean national skateboarding team. Yeah, I'm the international director. I just, I basically help them. They don't speak great English. So with the okay. meetings and stuff, and then I just help them with concepts. And I just, it, I think if, if a, a organization like the roller skate organization is going to take over for skateboarding in every country, except three, we're going to be a part of that, whether we like it or not. And it, I think it's up to us as skaters to make sure that they do things the right way. And so I don't, I don't, I don't work for them per se. 
I do it voluntarily and uh, I just try to help them out as much as I can. And so um, are you also like uh, actively trying to be an Olympian, like a player coach type type deal? Or are you strictly behind the scenes trying to help these young kids out? Well, it started because they invited me to skate in it. And okay. then so that's how I met them. And I went on a few trips with them. And uh, and then I quickly realized that, like, I haven't I don't I'm not skating enough contests to where I feel comfortable skating contests anymore. I feel like I get nervous or something. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, so, it's a whole whole different uh, method and a whole different way of like thinking about skateboarding. Like those kids that are killing it at the contests, like they're so focused. Yeah, on- you just got to do a lot of contests. Like I remember in my contest days yeah. when I would do good, it was because I was doing twenty contests a year. Yeah. Now nowadays I'm doing four or three, and that's not enough, you know. No, no, no. like you're coming and making your appearance at Tampa Pro. Um, exactly. Yeah. Which is just like, you know you got to do it. Like I like trying to convince some of my friends that are like new pros to come skate Tampa pro is like pulling fucking teeth, man. I'm like, why would you like, like I'm trying to get Yanni Cruz to come skate Tampa pro. And he's like giving me like resistance. I'm like, come on, dude. Like you were raised in this building. Like, yeah. What's wrong with it? Yeah. yeah. Like, Tampa you is deserve a- this. And, and selfishly like, I deserve this. Like I deserve to fucking watch you skate this contest. Like we right. all as a crew put in way too much time in this building to not have one of our guys fucking skate this contest one time. Yeah. I'm like, like I offered to buy Yanni a plane. Yeah. Ticket. To, just like, come and have fun. And you don't even need to do well. You know, I was like, I'll buy your ticket. Like come out, skate this contest. I want to hear them say riding for chocolate, Yanni Cruz at Tampa pro. Like, for me for our squad for our city and like that's just something i want and i'm trying to make it happen and uh yeah i think it's tough for guys that don't skate contests a lot and then they just they know that they might fail and i I think it should just be more of like what you said we just want it we just want to be a crew together and have a great weekend together and it's more of a ritual for me like i've been going every year since that time when i was 14 and uh in 2000 i thought 1997 or something but uh yeah it's it's i think it to me it's just like a camaraderie thing and that's why i like skate contests over you know other sports where i didn't like competing because every time you played you'd have to compete i think skating's cool because it's like a once in every while you join up as friends and we all go skate a contest you know yeah and then it's just cool like to have the uh like the dichotomy of the different styles of pros, like the different gamuts of like levels of professional, like you have Nigel dropping in and then very next skater is like Judd Held. And then like, after that is Shane O'Neill. And then after that is like Danny Renaud and like, and then you, and then just like every, you know, you get a cost in appearance and, you know, Brian Anderson, Stefan Janowski shows up just to do one switch crook. And then you have like, the random guys from Europe that nobody knows, but they're pro over there. So like they're in the contest and those dudes are always a surprise to see like the random billion. It's just cool to see all of that and to see all of skateboarding come together for a weekend. And I just wish that that contest was like it was in the early two thousands when like all of skateboarding was there. Right. It's true. It's, I think, I think after a long time, people have just started to, realize it's expensive for them to fly their whole team there and 
it's not as revered, I guess you could say, in the in the core world. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, like you were talking about earlier, we we're briefly getting into uh, through coaching, or I'm sorry, through skating with Zion F's. Uh, you have now actually partnered with his dad Richie, and also you mentioned uh, Nick Katz from Andrew Skate Shop, and you yeah, got together and formed Skate Free. Actually, I I started Skate Free three years before I partnered with them. And uh, the guy that I had started it with didn't want to be a part of it because of like some legal issues with his sister-in-law or something. And uh, and that's when I was like, yo, I can't do this on my own. And I had already found Lot 11, actually, and partnered up uh, with the city. The commissioners all backed my idea. So they're the ones that told me to start an organization because that's what skateboarders had lacked, organization. And so once I had started the org, I was like, all right, I'm going to get some partners. And I partnered with those two guys. And then they helped me take it to the next level, which was raising money and uh, and building the skate park. And dude, congratulations. I'm so happy that all came together. Uh, we're now, what, like a, a, a year or two in on, on uh, getting just an absolutely beautiful skate park built in Miami. Yeah, a year and three months, I think, actually. Dude, that location is perfect, right off the interstate, uh, co- like almost completely covered, so it's not hot in the middle of the day. Um, dude, it, it's amazing. Got to skate there a couple times. And, uh, yeah, just congratulations, man. Places And just the way you guys uh, showed respect and paid homage to uh, Miami spots was really cool with the triangle with the uh the synagogue rails and even the the little baby quarter pipes that go along that one long side of the park that i didn't even yeah. realize was supposed to be the uh the, little baby the cement full pipe yeah yeah i didn't even realize that yeah. i didn't notice that because when i was there everybody was just sitting on them and they were just using them as benches so right. i didn't even see people skating them and didn't that one didn't even click until somebody pointed it out to me but dude that was sick and um it's cool to see you come in get this park built and then kind of get the itch into like doing events there and uh so um the border actually did come in to help you run the first ever uh miami open that you started and so uh what other you've done a couple other events there too correct oh yeah no i actually for the first even before we built like the complete lot 11 final phase i've been just trying to activate it because you you start to realize that just putting a skate park down isn't the the end says all to situation on uh on what a skate scene needs you know yeah so it's you need to activate the scene and so i i do try my best to do at least one event every two months or one event month and uh whether it's a small contest for the locals or like you said, the Miami open. And then uh, my partner sometimes will like bring some pros to do like a demonstration type situation, then just give out money for best tricks. So we've had a few different kinds of events. And then we also like rent the lot um, to to raise money to help us keep funding it. Um, Insurance isn't cheap and stuff like that. So, so we do, we do do activations as much as we can. All right. And then, so uh, I actually, we actually did an episode uh, where me and Ryan talk about 
the Miami Open and kind of I heard it. it as far as like contest coverage is something that we're going to try to do moving forward when we get more uh, events to cover. So True. we fired out with uh, Miami Open just to talk about it, go over the origins and the results and stuff. I was just curious if, because uh, you've worked with us in the past on uh, some like Grind for Life events, a couple other random events, but uh, was this your experience like with a full Ryan Clemens takeover? Uh, yeah, it, yeah, it was my first full experience. Because you know he has like, I'm sure you learned he kind of has a tendency to uh, like when he has an idea or like when he thinks he can help, he, he kind of has a tendency to come in and just like, completely take over a project yeah no i yeah i wouldn't say it as badly I mean, it's, that sounds negative no i think yeah he has his he has his ways of doing it which is probably the more proper way and i and i, I appreciated the help a lot yes I, I had a great time out there uh helping you guys out um i feel like the the contest went well uh, I feel like we, we got something to really build upon and make it like an, an even bigger event that can lead to a bigger event that, you know, can eventually be on the same level as a, uh, a Tampa am or a damn am or, or something yeah. to that effect. So um looking forward for to sure. out in the future with that. Uh, I actually saw something on your Instagram. Um, were you, did you have anything to do? With uh, this bronze and, and uh, modern, the bronze modern event that happened on Saturday? Um, no, I'm just good friends with Jimmy Fischetti, who owns Postmodern. And uh, yeah. and I always support him. Like, And oh. he asked me to come up and support him. And then when I got there, he's like, would you please do a trick, dude? And he was like, who are, everyone's kind of chilling. And I was like, Did all right. Do it? What's up? All right, so uh, what else you got coming down the pipeline, man? You working on anything you want to you want to give some shine to? Um, I'm working on uh, the cast. You know, the the contest that we did actually is uh, like an extension of my cast events that I do. I have a skateboard company called Cast Skateboards, and um, I'm just working on a video with for that, and uh, and their new board line stuff like that. So I do sell skateboards for because, like I said. I, I realized building a skate scene doesn't just have to do with building a skate park and walking away from it. Oh yeah. I, yeah. Do, I do believe it's having something for kids to be motivated for like sponsorship, like events. And so I started a little board brand to hype up a, a few of the locals like Jesse VMR, Ryan Owen and uh, Desmond white. Okay. Uh, they're amazing skaters. Desmond killed it. at Miami. Uh, yeah. Is he basically got third behind two professionals so if you look at it, like, I feel like Desmond White won the, the amateur side of that contest. And he did beat a couple other professionals from other countries. And uh, he was the guy doing, like, uh, did he nollie heel back with the handrail? Was that his That was his last trick, yeah. 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 He shredded. Yeah, and I do believe he deserved more than 84 for that. I would have given him a 90-something. Five. <laughs> I would have given him a ninety-six for that, dude. That was insane. All right, it was. It was it's a, it's a hammer, dude. Like that. Dude, that sure Nigel does that, and he gets a nine for five. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that rail's bigger than it looks. Yeah, you count eight stairs, but it's pretty big. Big eight. Yeah, I was surprised Jake Alardi would just rifle off like kickflip front blunt, big spin front blunt. 
I'm not surprised. That kid, that dude's amazing. But well, yeah, he's, he's it was it was impressive. Is what I mean. I know he's working on a new video part right now to drop, and and it, sh- it should be coming out. Oh yeah, yeah. I saw him try that kickflip front feeble, take a slam. He's he's going for it. And I saw him in LA actually too. I said uh, he was trying. Uh, I don't want to give up the trick, but he was trying a trick down that eight stair that uh, Van Tanner Van Vark did, like fakey switch front feet hurricane or whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Or switch, yeah. That's spoilers. He was trying. I'm not trying to spoil what Jake was trying, but it was amazing. It was he was yeah. trying an insane trick, and I'm sure he's gonna go get it. Yeah, we're waiting. We're waiting on it. Yeah. Well, Danny, uh, thank you again so much for joining me today. No, thanks for having me. It was great to talk to you and uh, get some insight into your life and your mind. And uh, thanks to all the listeners out there, uh, the internet world, who go to Armchair Media Network to check out the Border Podcast with Scotty the Body. Uh, I hope you guys are having as much fun listening to the show as I am making it. Uh, toodaloo. Let's get it. Let's get out of here. All right, Scotty. Thanks again. And yet you be easy, all right? All right, you too, sir. We'll see you down in Miami sometime. Yeah. Round two. Got somebody, body, Scott. Somebody. Heavily divine, the truth brings out the temper in my spine, a hill sound again, chillers.